Welcome to TJH, your go-to podcast for all things journeying home to yourself. I'm your host, Hayley Curtis, Gene Keys and Women's Transformation Guide, here to encourage and usher you into remembering who you are by peeling back the veil on all things shadow work, self-love, self-worth, relationships, gene keys, breakthrough, awakening, and so much more. One thing I know to be true about you is that you are utterly magnificent. And here at the Journey Home Podcast, I will be walking hand in hand with you as you discover and remember your magic. Let the voyage begin. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Journey Home Podcast, and welcome to episode three in our self-love series. So already we have had Lizzie Dewey and Megan on the podcast, and now we have got the amazing Lizzie Pickles. We've got our second Lizzie for some self-love vibes. I have invited Lizzie back onto the podcast to just, I'd love to just soak up your perspective of self-love, Lizzie. And I'm going to be asking Lizzie the same questions as the other women, but already if you've listened to the last two episodes, you will have found out that the answers can be so vastly different Mm. because we are all so vastly different. So welcome back to the show, Lizzie. Hi. Um, And thank you so much for having me back. I feel (laughs) honoured. And it's it's nice to be uh, I'm honored to have you back. It is, um, I loved the last episode we did together. If you haven't heard Lizzie's Mm. other episode, we did the new to the Gene Keys uh, kind of the course. We looked at the course and we peeled it back and it was so brilliant to have your perspective on the Gene Keys, Lizzie. And I know I'm sure the Gene Keys are going to come up at some point today. Just before we hit record, Lizzie and I were talking about how we're both addicted to the Gene Keys and that it's a very Absolutely. healthy addiction to have. <laughs> but Lizzie, let's just kick off this conversation. I would love to know, what does self-love mean to you? So... Um, I've had, I I just love this. And because we're in the um, self-love, you're doing the self-love month within obviously the journey home. Mm. I've had like two weeks of just living and breathing and soaking up self-love and lots of time to reflect on what it really means to me. So kind of like what, where my mind's gone with it is for me, it's like, it's all about how I show up for myself on a daily basis mm. and the things that I'm doing that kind of like enable me to to um, love, nurture and embrace my physical body and my um, spiritual body and my mm. um, emotional well-being. Mm. So it's like what are those kind of like um, rituals and practices and routines and like habits mm. and when I'm doing those things that like consistently mm. what I'm finding is that it then helps me cultivate a really strong sense of resilience mm. and a really strong sense of a trust of my inner wisdom some intuition 
And when I'm in that place of like having a strong resilience and I'm really trusting my inner wisdom, which I just adore, <laughs> I'm then in a place where I've got a completely different lens when I'm when I'm a life. Um, there's mm. some life challenges mm. and the lens that I kind of like look through is a lens of curiosity and mm. opportunity and you know I look at a challenge and think what are the opportunities in this for like self-growth or mm. self-development and is there any learning opportunities that I can share with others because I'm all about sharing so is there kind of like any learning opportunities that I can share with people to help them on their inner paths or their self-love and then that might ripple out to other people mm. I'll have more honesty and curiosity and kindness and just trust and love that kind of thing mm. whereas if I'm not doing all that self-love, my lens is completely different and I can so easily fall into this kind of like, for me, it presents in anxiety and fear mm -hmm. and distrust in my inner wisdom and a sense of feeling insecure and unsafe. So what I absolutely love about this kind of like path, if you like, is I've learned because I've been doing it for quite some time now that if I'm not consistently showing up for myself, the way in which the it, the lens I look, it's all about what lens am I looking through when this challenge is presented to me? Mm. And if I'm looking through it in all that compassion and growth and curiosity and opportunity, I know I'm showing up for myself every day. Mm. Whereas if I'm looking through the other lens, it's like a little bit of a red flag. And yeah. it's like, right, Lisa, step back. Are you showing up for yourself every day? And are you loving yourself? what's happening mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of like my my take on it and what oh. self-love means to me <laughs> oh my gosh I love and I love that you use the word resilience you know that that word resilience in the dream arc represents the camel which represents the oasis of your own self-love and, and all right how, okay yeah <laughs> you're like oh didn't even know that one <laughs> and so when you I love how you're talking about, yes, yeah, self-love is something that sits underneath that actually informs how I show up in my life. And mm. depending on how I'm showing up, depending on how I'm facing challenges and how I'm facing suffering and struggles, I can instantly see at what level am I loving myself at the moment mm. and at what level have I been loving myself recently. It's, you know, that level of mm. resilience, it does, it shows us where our level of self-love is currently at. And instead of it being like, say it was low, instead of that being a reason to then spiral down and get all guilt and shame, it's just a reason why we go, okay, come back in. You've just strayed a little mm. bit from home, come back to your heart space. So, oh, brilliant. Mm. I love how so different the three answers <laughs> so far have been <laughs> about, yeah, yeah, about yeah. self-love. So thank you for sharing. And like, like you say there, it's kind of like, in, in, you know, there is a scale, isn't there, 
and, yeah. and sometimes your resilience will be up here and sometimes it'll be down there. But it yeah. doesn't matter as long as we recognise that and we can go back to that, right, OK, what do I need to do? How do I need to show up for myself to bring that resilience back yeah. up to, totally. you know, the optimum yeah. for you on that day? Yeah, because self-love isn't that. a one-time thing, you know. We, Absolutely. <laughs> we mm. forget that we love ourselves and that's totally okay. Those moments of lower resilience are just moments of remembering, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I believe you now have a question for me. I don't even know what your questions are going to be. I'm very excited. Right, okay. <laughs> Let's have a look. So sorry, I am just... Which a couple of things. You're okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So it kind of it ties in a little bit. So as I was growing up, I didn't grow up in like a um a culture of self-love, mm. um, which I think for my generation wasn't uncommon. You know, mm. I think that it's kind of that's just how it was. Yeah. And I think like in the, the Western world, we just don't openly talk about self-love yeah. and um I think I think we have to start from you know like from children you know and it for it to go through so to start educating children yeah. around self-love so mm. that and and within families and within communities mm. and I'd love to be in a place where in the future, we're not even having to have these conversations mm. because we've just got a culture of yeah. self-love and yeah. that we're teaching children self-love because we teach children how to love, but it's an external thing. You know, we're not teaching them the internal. Mm. So, for, so my question is, what are your thoughts on that and how do you think we can change the culture? Oh, what a great question to start us off. Oh, my gosh, I love it. Oh, Lizzie, you would have got such a kick out of me as a teacher back when I was teaching primary school. Like, I didn't give a shit about the curriculum. I'm like, okay, how can I help these children love themselves? Like, oh, yes. you know, every morning we'd start with a community circle and like I'd be using all this different language. Oh my gosh. That was why I was there, you know, just to do that. And then I realized, well, Haley, you're going to keep getting in trouble for not actually doing the things you're meant to be doing. And so I knew that that career wasn't for me. And this actually leads perfectly into the question because I don't, I kind of came to this point where I was like, hmm. I'm wanting to have this big impact, this cultural impact like you're talking about. And I thought that the place to do that was in the schools with the children. But after my experience of being in the schools with the children and seeing that they're just still like the culture of education, there just wasn't the space for it. I could only do so much. And I thought, oh, my mm -hmm. gosh, the place I'm going to have the biggest impact is with the parents not actually with the kids it's going to be it's going to be with the parents and it's going to be with the women also who are yet to be parents as well or the women who mm. are already parents who start to shift the way that they're showing up with their children and they start to shift their children because you know as a teacher you're only with that child um for a, a small part of their life whereas a parent is with their child mm. for so much more time. And like you said, Lizzie, you grew up in a home that didn't really have that self-love culture. And so as much as we can bring this stuff into the schools, it really needs to be in the home. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest way that you can impact a home is through the mother. And so yeah. I really believe that as women come home to themselves and more and more and more are doing this, and this is my whole mission behind the mm-hmm. journey home, as more women come home to themselves, first they change their world and then they change the world simply by showing up in more of the fullness of themselves. When a woman shows up and she's loving herself deeply, she sends huge, enormous ripples through her family, Mm. through her community. It's Mm. unbelievable how much power one person who has come home to true self-love can have on a family unit. And I'm sure you're, Mm. you're probably experiencing this already doing this deeper work with the gene keys about this whole returning non-love with love and, and all of this sort of stuff that we're looking at. Yeah. 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 Even when you've already got a great relationship and dynamic in your family, it just gets better and better and better. Mm. And you go, Oh Mm. my gosh, this is where change begins. True cultural change begins in the individual that then seeps mm-hmm. into the family. And once you have cultural change in the family, then you have change on a business level, on a network level, on a society level, and mm-hmm. then on a system level. It mm-hmm. has to start with the individual. It just has to. Whereas when we come at it from mm-hmm. a schooling point of view, we're coming in to try and change culture already through the network level, already through the societal yeah, yeah. level. And in the gene mm-hmm. keys, that would be like a line four or a line five level. We need to make the change at a line one level like the Mm, individual. mm. And then the even bigger thing that starts to happen is as women start to come home to themselves in this way and then we leave a legacy behind because you can't help when you start radiating Mm. more love, just like you were explaining in your first answer, you really start to have a big impact and an Mm. impact in the thing that truly matters in, in people remembering to love themselves. But the biggest impact will happen as the woman shifts and has this real like for this awakening, the DNA shifts, and then she has a child. That child is born with the mutated DNA Mm. and they then will have this huge impact and then the children that they have. Mm. So I'm not sure if you've um, had a chance to look at Gene Key 55. You probably haven't because we've been deep in bloody destined at the moment in your Gene Keys. But Gene Mm. Key 55, it's a full prophecy. It's a prophecy of this this new human that's going to come into the world. Yeah, And they're going to have the mutated DNA. Um, Mm. And that's where the massive cultural change will be because these children Mm. are going to just not – put up with the crap anymore and they but they're not going to be like arrogant I know the best way we're not doing it your way anymore they're going to be Mm. open-hearted and so you know that's in the future so the thing that we can do now for cultural change Mm. is to do the inner work we think that it's in the policies and the procedures and the programs that we can bring to the world and the schools and the and the businesses Sure, that mm. stuff's amazing, but the it needs to be the individual. It just has mm. to be the individual. And if those programs that are coming in inspires an individual to go away and do that deep inner work on their own, amazing. Um, but so often these programs that get brought into workplaces and schools, 
they're just doing it because they know that they need to do it to tick a cultural box and it yeah, doesn't yeah. you know and it's something that you show up and you do for a day and you're like okay I did that mm. the actual deep inner work that transforms your heart and actually returns mm. you to self-love I mean it's never going mm. to happen sitting just in a classroom or at a PD day Mm. at work. It's really that deep behind the scenes stuff like you're talking about, like you're showing Mm. up and doing, and that's where we're going to have the cultural change. And I believe it's well underway. Like even the tone of what you see on social media in certain spaces has shifted. We've shifted away from this like rah, 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 personal development culture where it's like jump up and down and you'll feel better about yourself you know we've sort of shifted from that Tony Robbins style culture Mm -hmm. to a a softer more tender open-hearted what does it Mm. really mean to love ourselves and you can feel that shift I don't think it's going Mm. to fully shift in in our lifetime Um, but I think that we are we are this point in time where the great change is underway it is most yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. underway. And so, yeah, I think it's just going to be about people just keep journeying home to themselves. That's, mm. you know, I gave you a very long answer and I could have just given you that one sentence, but it needed a bit of context. <laughs> no, no, that's that's just, yeah. And I, and, and I just hope that, you know, that I'm around to be able to see as much as that shift as possible because I just think it'll be such a beautiful thing you know to be um to witness yeah Yeah. so yeah absolutely and it'll be yeah I mean and it takes a long time to shift an entire system you know and that's Absolutely, why, like, it's on yeah. the individual level. So when we look at this, like, culture, there's a gene key called the culture gene key, and it has the six different levels of culture, individual, mm. partnership, unit, which is more the family, network, society, system. And so we're looking at, we're waiting for the system to change. We're waiting for the system to change. But we're down here as the individuals and the partnerships, like the Mm. marriages and the units, the families. That's where the work happens that changes the system, you know. And so I think that sometimes we can fall victim to the system as well. And we're like, well, there's no hope for our children Mm. because the system isn't changing. There's no hope for our country because the system isn't changing. And it's like, well, no, the system will only change as a result of your individual work, your work in your relationships and your marriages and what you do within your family like we need to take full responsibility for that like a system change and a cultural change is up to the individual and I think that's really empowering Mm. Mm. yeah yeah absolutely Mm. yeah great question (laughs) oh haven't been able to talk much about culture on the podcast yet and we're up to episode 38 I think that was my first culture question so thank you very much Lizzie (laughs) (laughs) my next question for you is um you know you're in this you're in this time in your life and you have been for quite a while I know you've been doing the deep inner work for like 10 years where mm-hmm. you're really cultivating this self-love but was there ever a time in your life and I mean you already alluded to it in your childhood where you didn't love yourself and mm-hmm. what was that like and how did you sort of come out of that time okay so yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's times where I haven't loved myself, um, and it's kind of like, oh, where do where do I go? Where do I start with this? <laughs> yeah. But I've thought, 
I'm going to go to like um, a place where the I ended up digging deeper on mm -hmm. on the the journey of self love, if you like. So, mm -hmm. um, it's probably about seven or eight years ago, and I was in a place of real deep depression mm -hmm. and anxiety, mm -hmm. and um, it was a result of just things that were going on around me that I had little control over, um, and. Yeah, like I say, I was in a real deep depression and I'd, I had social anxiety, which mm. at that point was really quite debilitating and was having an impact on how I was showing up. I'd, I'd often cancel things. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like a little bit of an overview. Yeah. And the way that there was no self-love there whatsoever and I carried a huge amount of like guilt and shame mm. and lack of self-worth and just mm. self-esteem I felt really unseen unheard unloved mm. and interestingly the thing about feeling unloved was I was loved because I've got the most fantastic husband who, mm. bless him, absolutely adores and loves me. And we feel the same for each other. So the love was there, mm. but I didn't have any love for myself. It wasn't, I didn't internally love myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really seeing the the, the self-love that, that, that people had for that their love for me. Yes. Um, Anyway, the way that I dealt with that at the time was you've touched on this actually in the last podcast because I listened to all the podcasts <laughs> uh, and I used alcohol mm. and I found that I was um, self-medicating. Yeah. Now, at the time, I didn't recognise that that's what I was doing because I've, I've al I'd always enjoyed a drink. You know, I was a bit of a party girl in my 20s and I enjoyed a drink and I used it socially. And I wouldn't have said that I had a particularly negative relationship with alcohol, if you like. But I found that the relationship I had with alcohol was starting to become negative and that I was using it as a as a as a, a tool to take away the pain that I was feeling and also to kind of like give my mind some respite from these mm. chaotic, unhealthy, destructive thoughts that I was having about myself. Yeah. And to begin with, it actually probably worked mm. in that real, real short term. But then what happened was the one glass was turning into two glasses that were turning into three glasses and that were turning into a couple of nights a week to three and four times a week to five and six times a week to a point where I was drinking a bottle of night a bottle a night every night yeah. And that then just made the anxiety and the depression it it just, well, it, it just made it 
10 times worse than it probably ever was to begin with. But then in the morning when I would wake up, the sense of shame and guilt and lack of self-worth were even worse. So I got to a point where it was just like, and actually my soul, and I think this might have been what the, the, the turning point was for me, mm. my soul was just absolutely destroyed and I was drowning and I knew this and and it was like my soul was telling me, Lizzie, you have got to look at another way to 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 manage what was going on so basically I woke up one day and it was just a case of I'm not drinking anymore I am mm. absolutely done with this shit <laughs> and I just stopped and it was then at that time because when you take the drink away that's all well and good but I still had the depression and I still had the anxiety and I still had the shadows and I still had all this this lack of self-worth and self-esteem and this the thoughts and the way I felt about myself were really very negative. And when you've not got the alcohol masking that, it's kind of like you've got to address it. Yeah. And actually for a short period of time, the pain was probably even worse. However, it was at that point that I really started to proper dig deep and really look at what alternative even though the alcohol wasn't a self-loving tool it made me look at right you need to love yourself Lizzie and what can you do to start nurturing and it goes back to that nurturing and loving and um you know accepting and embracing the physical body and the emotional body and the spiritual body you need to look at some healthy tools and that's basically what I started to do and it just took me on this this path of the inner self-love and the path of you know of spiritual mm. growth and and I've never looked back um, I don't I still don't drink to this day it's mm. five years now and I know and you know it can be different for everybody but I know for me personally alcohol does not serve me mm. and I will not drink alcohol again because yeah. my life at the moment is just so beautiful without it mm. it's like why would I introduce it back into my life so yeah that's then oh, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, it's not easy to share these sorts of things sometimes and mm. your vulnerability and being able to just talk about that experience, I think is one of the key ingredients in other people rising because we can have this idea that we see adults, you know, that are out there like yourself and me. We see other adults who are just full of self-love and they do all of these practices, they love themselves, and we can just sort of buy into the idea of like, oh, yeah, well, they've probably, they've just got it easy. You know, it's easy enough for them mm. to love themselves but not for me or they must have had a better childhood than me so you know, and we go into this victim state around self-love. So I think it's so potent when we hear stories. And this is why I put this question in there, because I know mm. that for all of us, our self-love was birthed out of a time when we did not love ourselves. 
And that's really what it is. That suffering that we enter into Mm -hmm. is a portal. It's a portal of grace. We enter, Mm -hmm. we all face this portal and we, we face it so many times often before we finally walk through because we don't see it as, as a portal. We see it as a brick wall. But the moment that we sort of hit that rock bottom and we walk through that portal, we are well and truly on the road of self-love. And it doesn't happen because life was great. It happens because Absolutely. life was tough. Mm. You know, I mean, you know, this is quite a raw share and I don't mind sharing it because I think that other people that will listen to the podcast they may be experiencing it they may you know it's all about trying to help other people into it and I think I have I was I got so low that I felt that I would be better not here Mm. and that people around me would be better without me being here and that is I mean I look back now and I think thank god that I I I listen to my soul you know, yeah. and, and I and I just said enough were enough. Um yeah. and I can't imagine that now. So yeah, it came out of the path that I'm on now came out of something very, very dark. Yeah. But absolutely. something beautiful has come out of it as mm. uh, that I'm on this inner path of self-love now. Absolutely. So, and I'm yeah. Ex- yeah, I'm exactly the same, you know. I think this is why you and I like it, we just connect in this way and just get each other in this way because absolutely that's where mine's birthed from too. I remember laying on the bed just saying to Bevan that I was ready to give up and that I was mm. a waste of space and I can't keep doing this. And that was my moment where I got up from that bed and I never laid back down in that way ever again. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was laying there, I was, I'd given up, I was face down, like just like a little blob on the bed and I, I've never, I've never returned to that place ever again since then. Um, it was my, it was my initiation, right? We get this initiation moment yeah, onto yeah, this yeah. path of radical self-love. So thank you very much for sharing. And thank you for being such a beautiful support to me in my uh, letting go of alcohol journey. It's just so um, empowering to have a woman like you right there by my side who has gone through exactly what I'm now moving through um, and knowing that I'm not alone in that. And that's been, um, yeah, it's mm. been a really beautiful support. So thank you very much. Mm. Your turn for a question, my friend. Okay. So mm, this is a, a, a deep, deep question. So, oh. <laughs> so I, I've got people in my life um, that are showing up in their lives in their shadows and it is just a way of being for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got absolutely no self-love and they see the world through the lens of victimhood. So their world's very scary and it's fearful um and they're, they're quite resentful mm. and to witness that on a regular basis is really quite sad and to see the impact that it's having on their lives now while I've got load, a lot of obviously compassion and empathy and understanding when you're trying to support somebody that's got that that, that, that they're living in the shadows 
it can be very, very draining physically and it can be emotionally draining as well. So my question is, how do we try and support people in the best way that we can, but remain emotionally, physically and spiritually strong ourselves? Mm. That's the question. Mm. <laughs> and this is such an important question. And it's a part of self-love, right? Because if we're just martyring ourselves all of the time and um, just letting other people in their shadow patterns sort of drain us of all of our life force, that's not self-love either, is it? Right. Yeah. And so it's definitely part of the self-love conversation. So the, as you were asking the question, like a few different things are coming to my mind and I'm like, Ooh, which, which one do I, do I want to go down here? I think that I'm going to have to sort of address it from a few different angles. So mm-hmm. it was first, a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. I love it. I think firstly, the important thing to remember is that Everybody wants to change, but nobody wants to be told that they need to change, (laughs) right? So all of these people that we come across in life that are heavily in their shadow patterns and are very maybe in a a victim state or in a very um, cynical state, like these, these, um, not cynical because you can be in a cynical state in a high frequency, that was the right word, like in a bitter, you know, that bitter kind Mm -hmm. of state. And even though they may be behaving as if they don't care and they don't want to change, I think that everyone deep down on a soul level Mm. wants to be, wants to enjoy life more, wants to find a way out of that. And so I think that we can always assume that people do want more for their lives at some Mm. point, right? But us telling them how to change or what to do is never going to be the thing that shifts them. That can only happen from within a person. And so I think the first thing that's important is for us to release the responsibility that it's up to us for that person to enjoy their life more. Because if Mm. we're taking on that responsibility and then we're with these people, that's when it's very draining because we're actually Mm. trying to show up in a way to shift something for them But if they're not ready to shift yet, that's doing Mm -hmm. nothing but draining you and Mm -hmm. probably draining them even more as well because if they're not ready, they're uncomfortable. So I think that's important to note first. Another thing that I think is important to note is that our biggest impact on another person happens through our aura, not through the words that we say, happens through Mm. our frequency, not by telling them what to do. And so the biggest impact you can have on another person is your own inner work, right? So in Destined at the moment, Lizzie, how we're we're just in the radiance sphere and that Mm -hmm. radiance sphere is all about that light in your aura and just that frequency and it's your legacy. It's what you leave behind. It's how people are impacted by you when they're just in a room with you. That's the biggest way that we can impact those people who are in our lives. And that has nothing to do with what they're going to do with their lives. It's got nothing to do with the way they see the world or anything like that and everything to do with just what you have going on within your body and your aura because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's really what shifts someone over time is when they witness another person with this frequency. It's like, whoa, Mm -hmm. like that 
I want, I want that. Like that's the thing that's going to shift another person. Um, but again, it's not your responsibility to make that shift for them. Your responsibility was to be moving in your radiance as much as you can so that you can enjoy your life. And so I believe that people shift, especially people that are closer to us, like our family and um, things like this. You have your biggest impact by just showing up and being you to the fullest degree. And over time, mm. that starts to shift the frequency of a whole family. Mm. But not because of anything that you said, but of how you lived your life. And that mm. takes patience. You know, there's a lot of patience in this. We can get impatient with other people and think if I just said the right thing to them, at the right time, they're going to snap out of it and their whole life's going to change. And it's usually not that. Sometimes we think we we see that happen in an instant, but it wasn't an instant. It was this thing that was happening over time in their soul while they were recognizing this different frequency and sort of being magnetized to that. That's all happening over time. And then maybe you do say one thing that clicked it into place, but it wasn't actually that one thing. It was the yeah, witnessing yeah. of how you were living your life. And then I think the other important thing is in terms of like not getting drained and um, living a life around people that are in these lower frequency states is to never be an enabler of other people's shadow patterns. There is a difference between there is there's this there's this fine line sometimes where we can have we have compassion and empathy and we're there to support. And then there can be this line where now we're just enabling someone's shadow patterns. And that is not mm. for anyone's highest good, not theirs and not yours. Because this is what we can do sometimes. We start to enable these, these victim states mm. or we enable this behavior thinking that, well, like, but if, if I say no, or I say something, well, then there, you know, it's going to be horrible and it's going to be hard, but that's actually sometimes mm. the highest good. Because if something's not your highest good and it's draining you and it's actually making you come down, it can't be anyone's highest good. You know, that's mm. a kind of the equation of life. If it's not a highest good for one, it's not a highest good for anyone, you know. And so that's, that is a tender line to play with in our mm. own lives and in our own relationships of what that looks like. What does it look mm. like for me to be able to still be there and have a relationship with this person without enabling them? Mm. It's about boundaries as well, isn't it? Exactly. And so within that not enabling, mm. all the boundaries sit inside of that. Um, in mm -hmm. not enabling our language choices sit inside of that. So much sits mm. inside of, of that. And, um, Sometimes it does mean that you pull back from that person, but it can be more so you pull back energetically from that person. It doesn't suddenly mean that you have to never see this person again and now because when we put up a boundary out of fear, that is not a healthy mm. boundary. When we're like, okay, they're draining me. I'm not safe to be around them. Boom, mm. I've got a boundary. But a boundary from fear is not going to serve you because then that will still drain you in a way because then you're going to feel bad mm -hmm. that you put up that boundary and you're going to worry about what are they going to think that I put up that boundary because it came from fear. Whereas a mm. boundary created from love where, okay, when mm. I really love myself and I love that person, what does the boundary look like? That's a healthy boundary and that's a boundary that won't enable shadow behavior. 
And so Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, I've had experiences like this where I haven't enabled a friend's shadow behavior. And of course, like there'll be a little bit where they don't like that, but I trust that, like, I trust them to come around to that point where they deeply understand what was happening for them in their own lives. You know, it's not up Mm. to me in that moment to have to explain it all to them, like some righteous person on my high horse. My responsibility is just Mm. holding my loving boundary. And I trust in them that they're going to come around and figure it out for themselves. You know, that's Mm. not my job. We can trust people Mm. to, you know, that how you were saying in that time where you were coming out of that time of self-loathing and depression but your soul had that little flicker in it and your soul was like, mm, it yeah. had you. That is the same for every other person. Absolutely, and yeah, yeah. We can trust that their soul will step in at that moment when they need it as well. And so, yeah, we have to nurture ourselves to keep our own radiance strong while still loving and being compassionate and, and gracious mm. and kind without enabling and without entangling ourselves up with them because that's the last piece of when we get drained. Mm. And this is in your evolution, Gene Key, right, Lizzie? Gene Key 22, in the shadow of dishonor, we, we get our emotions and we get all of our shit tangled up with other people's shit. And so now yeah, because yeah. that person in my family is in a bad mood or a victim state, now I'm in a bad mood. And now I have to deal with your victim state. We just became the victim. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's about, okay, I'm noticing that they're in victim behavior. I'm noticing that they're in shadow behavior. I'm noticing that they're in behavior that's not loving themselves. That's them. And then you check in with you. I am loving myself. I feel grounded. Okay, from that place, what does it look like to show up and love this person? Instead of getting mm-hmm. all meshed in where then their issues have become your issues and, and we pull ourselves mm-hmm. down. So it's so important when we're supporting the people that we love to keep that clean. You know, the cleaner we become in like keeping our stuff as our stuff, their stuff as their stuff, we can actually mm-hmm. support them in such a beautiful way with the clear boundaries, mm-hmm. without enabling, with kindness and and then when we walk away, if we are feeling a bit drained, or we're feeling a bit heavy, that's our responsibility to mm. sort that out. They didn't do mm-hmm. that to us, right? Because mm. we think that. We're like, oh, I spent time with that person and they drained my energy. No, you spent time with that person and you allowed your energy to seep out and you fall victim to their issues. And so it's when you walk away and you take that responsibility, you go, okay, well, what am I going to do about that to release that so that I can come back into my groundedness? Mm. And we have to do that sometimes. We have Mm -hmm. to do that a Mm. lot of times. You know, I can get into that that place a lot where I'm like, oh, you know, I don't want to be around that person. As soon as I say that, I'm the victim. (laughs) Mm. Right? As soon as I say that, I have given Mm. away my power. And I have just decided, oh, well, if I'm around an energy like that, suddenly mine's just sapped away. Oh, hell no. Like I get to be fully me wherever I am and I get Mm. to carry that frequency and that circles right back around to one of the first things I said. That's the frequency that's going to have the impact anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we can Mm. really sort of, um, we can kick ourselves in the butt a bit when it comes to this. 
And it is, it's a lot about that accountability, responsibility, and, and impact from that place. Otherwise, if we're just wanting to help someone, like we can see they're not loving themselves, they're draining me, and we're wanting to help them to love themselves, and we're trying to, it's like bashing up against a brick wall, we think mm-hmm. that we're serving and that we're helping, but that's actually selfishness because we want to do it mm-hmm. so that they stop draining us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want to do it to make ourselves feel better, yeah. We do. We do. And so it's mm-hmm. like... We can trust everyone to come to their point on their journey when they're meant to. And in the meantime, our job is just the frequency we hold. Our Mm. job is the kindness of our words. Our job is being love as much as we can. But love Mm. is also boundaries. Love is also honesty. And it's just about Mm -hmm. finding the lines with that. And that's a dance. Mm. It's a constant dance. It's not like you figure that out tomorrow and you're good to go for the rest of your life. It's different Mm. in every situation. And this is why Mm. self-awareness is so important. This is why self-reflection is so important Mm. and contemplation is so important. Mm. And core stability is so important because you need core stability and you need to know yourself in order to even navigate something like that. Otherwise, Mm. instantly, if you don't know yourself and you don't love yourself, you are instantly going to get whipped up in the tornado of someone else's issues every Mm. damn time. And that's Mm. literally our lives a lot of the time until we come to this place of that deeper self-knowing where now, Mm. okay, I'm actually a, a, a separate person with my own love and everything now I can actually I can actually be there to help people mm-hmm. because I can stand I can stand this beautiful strong loving tree you know I always see it as a bloody tree where people can yeah. come and take shade you know but if you're a little yeah. twig in the ground that's just blowing over ain't no one getting shade under that yeah, tree, yeah, 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 yeah. twig so yeah. it's like our responsibility did um and, yeah did that sort of answer yeah. your question in like a very like many pointed oh, way no, no, that we yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's made me think of, of, about the resilience and the trusting mm. in your inner wisdom. Yeah. You know, for me, that comes into it. You know, if you've got that, then you are able to implement everything that you've just said. But yeah, yeah. oh yeah, it's just, yeah. And, and mm. that discussion there, that's the Venus sequence in the Gene Keys, right? The Venus sequence is all about relationships and how we navigate them and how we Mm. show up when emotional charges are high. But it comes after the activation sequence. It comes after you Mm. know, love and understand who you are and you've activated your four prime gifts that really hold you in that core stability which allows you to then start to navigate these relationships. We can't expect Mm. ourselves to be... um, these gurus in relationships when we don't even have that grounded self-love and have grounded in our core gifts yet first, you know, and Mm, that's where so many of us are, you know, having issues and and most relationship issues, almost all, I would say all relationship issues are an individual issue. It's not Mm. the relationship. It's the individual which is why we must first mm. go there before we see our relationships start to be nourished. So um, mm. I just love it. I bloody yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And that's, I think, yeah. I didn't expect that when working with the Gene Keys. I remember when I first 
like got the book and then I went online and I saw the different courses and I saw that there was one about your genius, one about prosperity and one about love and relationships. And I thought to myself, oh, well, I don't think I'll even bother with the love and relationships one because <laughs> I was like, mm. my relationships are sorted, you know, like you, Lizzie, I've got a husband that loves me and I love him and like mm. my relationships are all good. Then I did the activation sequence and of course was freaking blown away by it. And I couldn't help but do the Venus. And then I was like, oh, my God. Like, I had no idea that the relationships were the best part. Mm. I was so clouded by, like, my own issues and, like, my own need to, like, sort myself out that I didn't even realize that the true reward after all of that was the enrichment of your relationships. Like, yeah, yeah. Ugh. It's, it's and it's interesting actually because I I didn't think that I would go into want to explore the Venus sequence after this um, activation yeah. sequence, but probably for slightly different relation reasons because not all my relationships are sorted, mm. and I perhaps don't want to Fear. address that however now that I'm at a place where I'm getting that core stability like you say I'm like bring it on I really want to explore the Venus sequence because it's just that next step it it has to be explored because life is all about once you've got your core stability and you've got that self-love, the natural thing that's going to come is relationships. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like a no-brainer, if you like. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. I'm, like, really wanting to explore that next. But Yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? It just shows that mm. something that looked like it was too big and too scary, once you start journeying through, like you said, it, now it's not this big, scary thing. It's just the next step. And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. it's a na- it feels like a natural it. next step as well. Absolutely. And like you've already mm. experienced that through Destined, where when we're in, say, the evolution gene key, by the time we get to the radiance gene key, you're already sort of there. It's like you've already walked mm. across. And then we're about to go into the purpose gene key this weekend. And you're going to be like, oh, but I'm already there because. It's just so natural. You naturally flow mm. from key to key to unlock them. So mm, delicious. <laughs> my my next question for you, Lizzie, is around like practices in terms of self-love and like you were saying in your definition of what self-love meant to you, you're saying, you know, sometimes then you have to, have I been consistent and have I been showing up for myself? What does showing up for yourself actually look like? And what are some of the, you know, either practices or mindsets or perspectives or anything that really helps you to keep keep discovering more of that self-love and keep returning to that self-love? What does it sort of look like in your day-to-day life? Mm, so um it's it's it's, it's interesting how it changes. The more yeah. you kind of like evolve in your own self-love, yeah. your tools that you use change. I've got this huge bag of tools and it's like I'll put some in and then I might take that one out and I'm always adding to it and I might not use that one, one anymore. So, for example, when I first started, 
I was really into like um, mindfulness and I did so many courses around mindfulness and I did I read so much around yourself help books and podcasts and you know just anything I could just kind of like get my teeth into yeah. and it was all very much kind of like knowledge base if you like and at the time that really worked for me you know it it it, it got me it, well, yeah. it got me onto the path that I needed it to. Mm. But as kind of like times evolved, I do things like obviously I think about my nutrition and I love to move my body. So it might just be like I love nature. Nature for me is absolutely massive. Yeah. And I have to go out in nature every day. But again, that's changed because when I used to go for a walk, because I, I just love to be outdoors. I, I appreciated nature, but now <laughs> I'm thinking what we're going to sound like here, but I don't care. <laughs> now it's like I want to be one with nature. Yeah. So I do things like I'll hug trees and I love to go cold water swimming, mm. which to be fair, I tend to do more in the summer because I want to feel it. I want to touch mm. it. I want to be part of nature. When I'm walking around, I'll just stop and I'll proper take in the view and I'll just take a deep breath and I just, oh, I just love it so much. So that's kind of, and that in itself, that one self-care tool, the way that I see nature has just completely changed over time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, what other things? And at, at the beginning, I think this is quite important to say that, like, at the beginning, some of the self-love stuff were like, I suppose, quite material. So I got really into crystals and I got really into um, angel cards and I um, trained, to, I do Reiki and I trained to be a Reiki master. So, and that's still very passionate to me and I still do that. But going back to the material things, I think I went through a phase where I, I surrounded myself with lovely, beautiful, pretty things. But that got to a point where it were like, what is this giving me internally? Yeah. And I think a lot of my self-love stuff now, they're becoming more internal. So mm. like the connection with nature, um, pausing. I mean, don't we just love pausing? Oh, we do. <laughs> but even that, has changed slightly for me over the last few weeks in that I've just suddenly grown and I touched on this with you through Voxer I think yeah. I've suddenly grown to love silence mm. and I will I I'll t it, so silence it might be that I'll go sit in the garden with my favourite cup of tea when I'm on a break at work and I might just listen to, to the birds but it's silent, as in I'm being silent. But then I've got another form of silence where I listen to the silence and I really just try to tune myself into the silence to such a point that I can almost feel it and touch it. Mm. And that is just beautiful. Mm. So they're kind of like some of the... the um. Yeah, I've got so passionate about it, because I've just got so many. Oh, but I love I it. Think the thing, 
I think the thing for me that that's really just I've really noticed lately is and I've never given a lot of thought to before was the the more you journey into self-love the more your tools for self-love change and I think they become more internal self-loving oh, yeah. tools mm -hmm. rather than the external stuff mm -hmm. So the meditating, I love to meditate. Um, so yeah, they're kind of like I have lots of other practical things, but they're yeah. the yeah, Amazing. they're the ones that I just love at the moment. Amazing, and I'd love to just tack on. Another oh, sorry, bit to I that just question. want to add. Oh, yes, you sorry. you add your I bit, just, and then I'll tack on the it next just, bit. Um, <laughs> the um the 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 relationships and friendships. I think mm. that and being. Yeah, being with those people that you love—that's definitely a mm. self, a self-love. It's not, a, it's not a, you know, it sounds a terrible. Same tool, <laughs> isn't it? Like, oh, come here, I just, <laughs> I need you a minute because I need some self-love. It's part of the essence. <laughs> but I suppose, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Uh, anyway, that's oh, that's me. And and yeah. I'd love to know, you're you're about four months into your Jane Keys journey. How, mm -hmm. what role have the gene keys played in deepening your level of self-love? Oh, massive. I, um, I am absolutely blown away on a daily basis of how much I'm learning to love myself and just really appreciate myself and just accept who I am with such love and compassion it just blows my mind and I still have my shit days honestly I still have my shit days like we all do but I yeah. think the gene keys because you I think it's because you you're exploring yourself on such a deep level mm. and you're exploring all those the shadows and how you manage challenges in a way that's not always um let me just think about how I want to word it I think it's because you've got to really really explore yourself on a deep level but you're exploring those shadows mm. um, and when you first say this to people they think how how, how on earth can be really like digging through all your shit <laughs> and proper <laughs> understanding your darkest fears and your darkest anxieties and your darkest, you know, the yeah. way we judge yourself and the way we don't trust ourselves and all the insecurities. How can be how can digging through all of that like <laughs> turn into to such a beauty? But it does. It does. It just does, <laughs> doesn't it? It really does because and I think what it is is because you can you can see when you start learning about your shadows you can start seeing how you've turned up in life within those shadow patterns and you start to understand that my god that's why that were happening to me and that's why I respond like that and that's why I've become reactive in that situation and that's why I've become oppressive in that situation in my yeah in my shadows and shadow, that, yeah. yeah and I'm dishonoring my feelings and mm. I've become dominant here and um, you start because you understand it you can then 
do something about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just such, it's so beautiful because then mm. you start entering into your gifts. Oh. So the gene keys for me have, have absolutely been life-changing, mm. just a life-changing. Mm. And because, yeah, and, and, and like learning, uh, sorry, I'll, I'll bet this is the last thing, but I think. No, you go. Ta- <laughs> I think what it's taught me is, to learn to sit in those uncomfortable moments and know that they're not permanent it, it's and that it will change and it will shift, but sit with it because that is where you're real, real learning about yourself and what you need to do to find self-love. That's where that really comes in. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple of times today where I've I've been presented with something small and I started to feel this kind of like feeling of anxiety and a little bit um, kind of like judging, kind of like questioning my inner mm-hmm. wisdom and my intuition. Mm-hmm. And, and because I was questioning it and because I came a little bit anxious, I don't know which, which I, basically it, it would have been very easy for me to say, sob this shit, I aren't dealing with that because it's uncomfortable and I'm just going to go and try and fix it over here. But I didn't, yeah. I allowed myself to sit with it. And do you know what? It, the decision making that I made after sitting in that comfortable feeling was the, was the was turned out to be the best decision for everybody involved oh my so yeah God. just it's oh, I love getting to hear that like practical on the ground in your day-to-day how it's impacting you it's like as you're describing it it's it's like you found the secret source to life you know and that's how I feel about the gene yeah, it is. it's like a secret it's it's that you secret, just want to tell it? everybody about <laughs> and I mean they're called the keys it's like we've all got these Absolutely. doors that are locked and we've mm. suddenly we spent our whole lives thinking that we couldn't unlock the door and like moss had grown over it we didn't even know there was a door there anymore and suddenly we have these keys and we can open up these parts of ourselves and the part that stood out to me I mean, all of that was amazing and I loved it all. But the part that stood out to me the most was when you said, you know, I still have my bad days and we all still have our bad days. And I was like, yeah, we all have our bad days. But when you're working with the gene keys, there's purpose in your bad days. There's purpose Mm. in your pain. And those bad days become birthplaces of beauty instead of without the gene keys, they're just bad days. Right. Mm-hmm. And so to take those bad days and turn them into beauty and then the days that are good, they're on steroids. <laughs> like yeah, this, yeah, this is really yeah. how the gene keys change your life because yeah, no matter how bloody enlightened you are, you still have bad days and mm-hmm. yeah, the gene keys completely shift your experience of all of that. Mm-hmm. And that is priceless. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. turn for a question, my friend. Um, well, actually, we've probably we've touched on this. Okay. How I was saying that, like, I've got my bag of self-love tools and it's mm-hmm. grown over the years and it changes. Um, and like, obviously, I said one of my self-tools were like just this this 
having this beauty for silence. Mm. So I suppose my question to you, it's a nice lighthearted question, is um, what new tools have you recently found and Mm. are you adopting? Yeah. Oh, I love this. Like as you were talking about the tools and how they change over time, I was like, yes, <laughs> I so <laughs> resonate with that um, because I even think about my journaling style now and how different it is. So mm-hmm. one of the new tools that I've adopted, like over time, my journaling has just shifted and changed. Like I started with five minutes and two sentences and I used to do a little daily devotional I had like a Joyce Meyer daily devotional and I'd write down the scripture and I'd write down her quote and I'd just write something about that and that served me beautifully for like a year and then it shifted and changed and then I did like gratitude and then this and then that and that for a while and it just keeps evolving because I kept evolving the more my heart kept opening Mm. the deeper and richer I needed my practices to become Mm. and so one of my favorite practices that I started probably only well only in September last year because I started the dream arc in September last year which is the part of the gene keys that's all of the animals and Mm. it's not something they teach you in the dream arc but what I've just naturally started doing is the animal that I'm working with I channel right as if that animal's speaking and it sounds a little bit weird but I fucking (laughs) love it and the wisdom that pours out of me and it's like I'm held in that moment. I'm literally, so one of my animals is the eel. So I have pages Mm -hmm. and pages in my journal of the eel writing. (laughs) So I, (laughs) I pretend that I'm the eel and I write from the perspective of the eel where he comes in and he gives me wisdom about something I'm facing. I'm also working with the turtle. So I've got lots of um, channel writing from the turtle. And then I have some beautiful channeling from the camel, which I shared on a podcast, my my mm. diagnosis podcast. I shared a little excerpt of that. Mm. And I am loving that practice. That practice for me has just... I don't know, there's something so special about it because it's allowing me to access a different part of myself. Because, yes, even though I'm writing and it's an eel Mm. talking to me, but that eel is actually the 41st codon of my DNA and I'm accessing that part that already lives in me, that archetypal nature of the eel is part of my DNA and it has wisdom to share with me. And as I just start to channel write the stuff that comes out of me sometimes, I'm like, well, hot damn. That is amazing. Like, <laughs> I yeah, where did that myself. come from? Where did that body yeah. come from? So that's one thing that I've been loving doing. Another thing that may surprise people is only in the last, really only since the Triple Flame app came out, so what's that, five months, is the first time in my life that I've ever meditated. So I've never been much for meditation. Um well, it's a lie. I, I would put on meditations in the past, but I wouldn't really meditate. I'd just fall asleep or I'd mm. do it because I'm like, okay, I guess this is what you should do. I'll just put it on. But really, since the Triple Flame app came out, I'm actually using it as a practice now mm. where it's kind of upgraded. It's not just like a, I'm feeling like an absolute piece of shit and I just need something to save me. I'll put a meditation on. Like you said, the external mm. things. And I feel like meditation for me recently has shifted to more of an internal thing. Um, And then a couple of other practices I've really brought in. I've always been one that loves to dance and I love to move my body, but Mm. 
when definitely as I go deeper into opening my heart and knowing myself, the more freely I want to move. And so quite Mm. often in my morning practice, after I've journaled, I come into my bedroom and I put on music and I just like intuitively move with zero Mm. judgment on myself. And it looks sometimes I'll find myself in a dance move and I'm like, what are you even doing? (laughs) I just let the music move me. And then my final one that I've been loving lately, which I shared, was it on the campfire? I shared it on something. I think it was on the campfire um, this month inside the journey home. Just this practice of closing my eyes and tuning into the frequency of my heart and seeing it like this color, like color moving and then feeling it opening and just witnessing that life force and the energy and the creativity flowing from my heart. And I just sit with that for however long it wants Mm. me to sit with it for. And that is the simplest thing to do, but the most profound. Because I can be feeling so exhausted and so fatigued and like I've got nothing to give. And then I sit and I tune into that and I'm like, oh, my God, there is so Mm. much there. Because I forget. And so I love love that practice. yeah, mm. like those those are some of my ones yeah, at the just, moment. Yeah. Mm. I forgot actually journaling. Um mm. my journaling has taken well, I've started I've started journaling journaling consistently, but that's just taken on a completely different form. Um yeah. but yeah, it just yeah. When you have deeper things to write about, right? So my journaling practice has gone off the freaking chain since I found the gene keys because before that I was journaling and it was amazing and I was having breakthroughs and stuff, but the gene keys have given me the language to journal at a much deeper level. Mm. And I'm journaling using like words like orientation and entropy and um, revolution and and looking at how that applies to my life in these different ways and, and then bloody eels and turtles and like accessing these <laughs> deeper layers of myself do you think do you think like the gene keys unlock like because I know for me they've unlocked a level of creativity that Mm. I didn't I knew I had but I didn't realize that what I just didn't realize I had all this creativity in me like I do Mm -hmm. but does it kind of lock deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper levels of creativity? Does it, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. <laughs> I mean, you've yeah. become a poet since you started the Gene Keys. <laughs> I mean, Lizzie posts, Lizzie posts poetry inside the journey home and every time I think that it's a, like a famous poem and then I'm like, oh, my God, she wrote that. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. And so the gifts, the Gene Key gifts, the other way that you could even describe the gifts is a, a creativity that wants to come out of you. So the gifts, mm. every of the 64 Gene Key gifts are, are creative expression. They are creativity. Mm. And when we peel back a shadow to a certain degree, what it reveals, the treasure, as we peel back that shadow, the treasure is the creativity. And so Mm. every time that you sit with the shadow pattern and you unlock it a little bit more, you get a little bit more creative. You're blessed Mm. with a little bit more of that light. And you the creativity becomes um it's like your creative channel I really see it in myself it comes from my heart and I see it as this creative Mm. channel 
And as I dig deeper into myself, that channel opens wider and wider and wider and wider. And I really notice it a lot now when it closes. So Mm. I lived with a closed creative channel for the first like 26, 27 years of my life. And now that I've opened it up so much, those days when I'm having those hard days and my creative channel sort of closes over, that's like agony for me. And Mm. so I notice like, oh, and eat, but each time it closes, the next time I open it back up, it's wider. Mm. It's more magnificent. And so I think Mm. that as we, as we work through our shit and we start to recognize that we are not separate, because this is another thing that you recognize as you Mm. really dig into this stuff, like you were describing, you want to be at one with nature because you are. You are unified Mm. with nature. You're just returning to your natural state, just like we are at one with everyone and everything and God. So the more we remember that oneness, the more we have access to everything. (laughs) And so that Mm. we become vessels where those ideas that want to come into the world as evolution, we're the open vessel where it can come in. And so the more that you work through your shit, the more open your vessel becomes to everything, which means that you can actually bring stuff out into the world because we get given these creative impulses. And if you don't follow through with it and bring it, it'll, someone else will do it. Like it'll go to someone else. It's just Mm. about how open we are and opening up is just about moving from shadow to gift. That's it. Which is Mm. why you always access more. (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. Well, I have my yeah. final question for you, Lizzie. And I mean, you can take this in any direction that you like, but what would you, what do you want people to know about self-love or what do you want people to know about journeying home to themselves? Um, I think if somebody's listening and they aren't yet, they feel that they'd want to explore more self-love and they're not doing anything at the moment to just start small and just do something for yourself on a daily basis that might just be five minutes. So it might be having, you know, like I go, I'll have a cup of my favourite tea, sit in the garden you know, you might listen to a track that you enjoy and you just have that space just for you for five minutes. And to do that consistently every day for a couple of weeks, so there's no pressure, it's just starting small, and then reflect on how different you feel because Mm. you will feel differently. Mm. Um, And don't feel selfish for doing it because we all need to learn to love ourselves and yeah I think it's just Mm. doing that just starting small and building up because honestly like you were saying earlier the ripple effect even when you're just starting small the ripple effect that then it just ripples out to whoever's around you Mm. um and it's just about that loving yourself that little bit more each week each day each week each month and then 
I actually did a few notes and I came up with this, you know, we'll start a self-love revolution. And I were like, Oh, yeah. that is just absolutely beautiful. So I think for me it is, because I think when we start, if we're not in a good place and we start thinking about self-love it's we can be very tempted to like I'm gonna jump all in and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna do this and it it's it's actually that isn't self-love mm -hmm. because you're just putting yourself under so much pressure yeah. and the expectations and yeah. you, the, it actually becomes almost like oppressive And that is not self-love, which for me is why I'd say just start off with the smallest thing that you know is just going to fill your heart with that little bit of joy each day and just mm -hmm. consistently do it for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you will what you'll want to add that little next thing and that little next thing. So, yeah, I that is. That. And that's so revolution. And revolution, by the way, is my radiance gene key and so <laughs> i'm gonna have to take that starting a self-love revolution i mean i mean really... it's it just fantastic and you used the word revolution earlier and i thought yeah, i've yeah. got that to share yeah. let's start a self-love revolution let's do we it are... i'm so bringing that to it we are Instagram. the fire starters fire starters <laughs> self-love revolution i mean that's my legacy gene key and it's absolutely what i want to do but the beautiful thing about revolution in the gene keys is exactly what you just described how you were like well you don't come in and just try and do everything at once that is literally word for word in the gene key of revolution lizzie is <laughs> yeah where he says when revolution isn't to come in and just try and change everything at once revolution honors the past still and builds upon slowly knowing that good things take time which is how you said just five minutes And that's exactly how I started because I thought to myself, okay, I know I need to do something because I'm in a deep, dark hole and I need to get myself out. I need to know who I am. All right, I'm going to journal. And instantly my, my mind, my high achiever mind was like, okay, well, let's do 45 minutes a day. And mm. my heart stepped in at that point and was like, which I'm shocked. Like I'm shocked that I even knew this in my darkest days, but I was like, Haley, the last thing you need right now is to feel like more of a failure. So instead of setting the bar too high, how about we just go five minutes and then mm. you can actually feel good about yourself because you showed up. Mm. And I just started there like eight, nine years ago. And just mm. like how you started there, just with that small thing. And then bloody look at us now. It wasn't because mm. like that, it was still just that five minutes. I'm still showing mm. up just as that lost girl for five minutes, but mm. time has just evolved that. And I started me deciding that I'd show up for five minutes was me starting a revolution in my life. But we so often don't see it that way. We think if we want change, it needs to be big and loud and hang yeah, 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 nope, absolutely. Nope. The biggest, mm. most powerful revolutions started with the small things while you honor what is mm. and moving towards what you know could be. 
And mm. um, so let's do it. Let's start a bloody self-love revolution. Oh, my God. I'm already, <laughs> like you said that, and I can see, I can see the brand colors. I can see the image. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to do a series on Instagram of a revolution of self-love. Like, fuck, yeah, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so you've got your final question for our uh -huh, last one, aren't we? Oh, I think the final question, actually, you've probably touched on it, to be honest, but I've got, I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. I wanted to throw a little bit of a, um, a gene key question in here because yes. I just had to. <laughs> so as you've obviously studied the uh, 64 gene keys and you'll have pondered on the 64 gene keys, I'm sure, many, many times, uh -huh. which one would you say is the closest where the gift is self-love, mm -hmm. which is the closest um, gene key, or which gene key reminds you the most of self-love? Oh, and what a good question. Sorry, yeah, keep why, going. <laughs> why? No, 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 why? why? Okay, okay. Let me just have a quick little scan through um, the gifts just to make sure I don't miss one. Okay. Hmm. Self-love, self-love. Well, definitely I can say straight away that the radiance gene key um, in your profile mm. is like your epicenter of self-love and your SQ for sure. But then when it comes to a gene key, I'm going to have to go with gene key 25, which is the shadow of constriction the gift of acceptance and the city of universal love. I would wow. say this would be to me the one that stands out most because that, that gift of acceptance, just even just the idea of it, I feel like I'm melting into myself. Yeah. I feel like I'm melting into life and it's like, oh, and it's represented by the lion. So it's got that very, um, like that Aslan energy. It's got that, that Jesus type of energy to it as well, which it's just, ah, when you accept yourself mm. exactly as you are, mm. I mean, you and open I, and yourself accept up. the moment exactly the moment. as it is as well. Yes, yes. And to be able yeah. to love yourself as you are in that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the shadow state is constriction and constriction is anxiety. Mm -hmm. And this mm -hmm. is why we really have a, a pandemic of anxiety in mm -hmm. our world. And it's really a pandemic of low self-love so we need to start a revolution of self-love yeah don't we <laughs> yeah. which is what and i mean it's what this is all about the city, then in that universal that, that love universal, universal love. love i love that yeah that because to my maybe my oh. jinky 20 22 your grace graciousness yeah grace, i yeah. just love that yeah so i might have to have a look at that gene key totally because <laughs> that universal love births from a love and acceptance of yourself just yeah. like you were describing about nature as you've come to love yourself more deeply your relationship with nature has gone so much deeper and you love that so much more that's that universal love that is birthed from a self-acceptance. 
Um, mm. It's just mm. beautiful. And then the programming yeah, yeah. partner, the programming partner of 25 is 46 and it's the gift of delight. I mean, oh. just yeah, yeah. to delight in life. And then it's seriousness is the shadow where you just, right. just take shit too seriously and there's no space for the self-love mm. and the city is ecstasy. So, yeah. I mean, mm. And if you imagine, if if we had a universal, if there were, if there were a universal love, we all would be next to say. We would. <laughs> so you can see how those two those two cities kind of like marry, can't you? They absolutely do. And and then yeah. on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can see how constriction and seriousness go together. How when we get mm. serious about stuff and like trying to make everything go the way that we think it should go, mm. we get anxious. Mm. And we stop mm. breathing and we miss all of the delight and we mm. miss the love. Like it's such mm. a delightful little pairing, those two. Mm. Oh, yeah, lovely. And in Destined, um, Lena in Destined, this is her radiance and her purpose. So, yeah, um, okay. you know, should we dig into yeah. this at the moment? It's so beautiful. What a great question yeah. to finish with. What's been your favorite gene key that you've um, dug into so far from either your profile or anything? What's What's been your standout one? Um, I don't know because they've all had so much value Yeah, when I've unpacked each one. But yeah. um, I think... I can't, oh, do you know, I don't know if I can't, I'd have to think about that one because yeah. I'd say the ball had just yeah. such such value as I've unpacked mm -hmm. them. But I tell you one that is, that is outside of my profile, uh -huh. but that I do keep revisiting. And, and you, I loved how you described it. And it, it is the key of patience. I, I don't know the, mm. I don't know where the, the shadow, yeah, because. Mm. The, the bit that I just loved about it is, are you being patient or are you waiting impatiently? Yes. And I, that, that is beautiful. And I yes. apply that to all of your kind of like shadow work. And so yes. that is one that's outside of my profile, but yes. that I've taken in. I'm having that one and I'm bringing it in. <laughs> And it is it is one of the ones that you will bring in because it's needed. And I love that you speak to five because Richard describes Gene Key Five, patience is the cauldron in which love grows. Mm -hmm. So without, or he says it's the field, you know, it's the field. And if love were a flower, patience is the field that it grows in. And so mm -hmm. without patience, you don't have love. Mm -hmm. Because um, I've also thought about it as well as like, you know, when, because, you know, I love gardening and I love growing vegetables. And it's like, yeah. just think about when you plant that seed, when you sow in that seed, the patience that's needed to watch it then blossom into 
the flower or the carrot that I'm going to dig up or whatever it might be you know you can become very impatient in those moments and you're like come on grow 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 yeah so it's kind of like nature it brings it back to nature nature's not in a hurry she's on a beautiful sweet journey in such patience yeah I just love that gene key oh my gosh Um, covered in goosebumps like thinking about you trying to pull a carrot out too soon you know because sometimes if you do that as a gardener man, absolutely you know yeah, you've yeah, got to yeah. wait for that right timing <laughs> mm. so, oh yeah. I love it I love it thank you so much Lizzie this conversation has just been mm, bloody delicious yeah. I can't wait to listen to it back because when I'm here I'm just so present in it but then I forget what yeah, we talked yeah. about. And so I'm going to listen yeah. to it. It's coming out tomorrow. And I mean. Yeah, I can't believe that. I'm so excited. <laughs> so for, for me, I've yeah. recorded this on Valentine's Day. And for you, it comes out on Valentine's Day. Because oh, we're in yeah. different oh, time how zones. how beautiful is that? You know, it's yeah. just we're in Sharing the, the love. <laughs> Sharing the love. Thank you. And With I our self-revolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a self-love. I'm going to this. This episode, I'm going to call it Self-Love Revolution. That's what the yeah. episode's going to be called. We've got to do it. But I can't wait okay. to have you back on the podcast, Lizzie. And, oh, thank um, you so much. Very, very grateful for your time. Yeah. But thank goodbye, you. everybody, and I will speak yeah. to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is such an honor to bring my heart directly to your ears. The TJH podcast is in her early days. So if you could take a quick moment to leave a rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts, I would be extremely grateful. And if you enjoyed the episode, I encourage you to share it with a friend to help spread the Journey Home message far and wide across the globe. I deeply appreciate you and I will chat to you again very soon.